The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Culture Insanity podcast with myself and Josh. Hello. This is episode number one seven. Episode number seventeen. So, welcome back. And um, yeah, got got a few different things to talk about tonight. Some some I don't know. This episode maybe has a chance to be controversial. <laughs> yes, for our one <laughs> listener, yes. Or inflammatory to some, um, to the masses it'll reach eventually. But, um, yeah, if you were following along, well, maybe I didn't post about it, but, um, yeah, several things we're going to be talking about tonight. We have um, a couple different things that are happening in the really recent news. So, some things involving the director, James Gunn. And something that happened to him. Um, Scarlett Johansson getting um, some backlash against her. There's been some trailers released um, that we want to talk about. A couple songs that if you're a discerning person, uh, you might have red flagged or or whatnot. A couple songs by, or one of them I mean is by Ariana Grande, the other by Iggy Azalea. So we want to talk about those and what those mean for us. And then... um, Mark Millar, comic book writer. Mark Millar has a lot going on in, with Netflix. He's got a huge deal with Netflix. A bunch of his stuff is being um, made into either series or movies, right? His series and movies. Yeah, well, they have his comic book company, right? They, they have like, World. exclusive rights to yeah, do. Millar World yeah. stuff. Yeah, so um, in particular, there's one thing that uh, we want to focus on with that. So, yeah, four or five different th- different things tonight. So... Um, for the faint of heart, maybe, uh, just know that going into it. Should be no spoilers, because we're going to be talking about trailers. We don't know what happens in any of these movies. Um, songs, you know, songs are available for everyone to listen to. So, no spoilers for those of you that want to hear that up front. So, that's good news. Um, so yeah, I just sort of sequenced this, and we'll knock out maybe, uh... Maybe the the easier of the of the two th- of the the five different things we have here, and they're sort of they're sort of linked together, and they go hand in hand. So, I think it was just yesterday, actually. I think I read it literally on my way home from work. But um, James Gunn came under scrutiny for some things that, um, first of all, some things he said. So he's an outspoken liberal person in Hollywood, right? Right. And outspoken. how do, how do we know James Gunn again? Oh, yeah, he's the director of Super, if you've ever seen that. Yeah, great movie with Dwight. <laughs> with Dwight and uh, Juno. and um, Right, although there is a very controversial, here's a spoiler for you, uh, rev- I guess you'd call it, well, I guess you wouldn't call it politically correct or whatever, but yeah. essentially it's a reverse rape scene between where the girl rapes the guy. Yeah, it's really it's a really odd scene. Anyways. Yeah, it's really weird. More famously known for... Writing and directing uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, um, he sort of catapulted his stardom um, from there, and has been sort of a a Disney golden boy, I guess. I mean, he's 
cash cow for them with what he's been doing with the Guardians movies. Been hugely successful and yeah. With that said, he's also like very outspoken on all sorts of different social and political issues. Um, so he makes no no secrets about what it is he believes on any different any number of of topics. But so he was recently in the news for defending something that another filmmaker slash actor said. The guy I don't know the details of it. It's not really important. But the guy was like supporting something that Ben Shapiro, who's a famous right wing conservative. Um, talk show host i don't know yeah talk show host, podcaster i don't know he's, he's all gonna, of those things yeah he's um, short so <laughs> because of that someone really sort of decided to dig Look deep at, or, yep. mm-hmm. or several people maybe really decided to dig deep into the um archives of james gunn twitter feed um so right now he's probably saying damn the internet or something or or whatever but right so they went back like 10 years ago and dug up something he was making some bad jokes and re- regarding rape and pedophilia and other stuff basically he used to be as as he puts it like a self-proclaimed provocateur would post like outrage comments just to see how the masses respond to those kinds of things right um and he admits a real that, roseanne yeah he admits to like being that like just sort of flaming things out there just to see what the response is. That's the kind of person he was. That's the kind of sense of humor he had. That's what he was interested in at that point in his life, I guess. And that's what he says. Um, Well, nowadays, you can't really say stuff like that, (laughs) even if it's a joke. And we've talked about that several times uh, on this podcast. Um, Just the line in, in, in terms of comedy and there seems to be a distinct one nowadays, whereas right. in the past maybe there there wasn't. And it was Mel Brooks, right, who was talking about well, it, like yeah. on one of our earlier shows we talked about. And him. we recently touched on it again. I can't remember um, the topic. Saying comedy was dead. So because of that, because of that, Disney has made the decision, well, we can't have a guy like that a part of what we're about here at Disney. So they fired him. They fired their golden boy, one of their golden boys. Right. John Favreau is probably their main golden boy. Right now, but, yeah. Uh, and the Russo brothers. Yeah, and the Russo brothers. Huge cash cow. They fired him because they want to distance themselves from anybody that is like that, past or present. I don't know, I guess. So it's really interesting because, let's face it, Disney knew about this guy. <laughs> There's, it's not like Disney is, you know, uh, what do you call that? Ignorance is bliss type thing. Yeah. They knew what this guy was about. I mean, if anyone saw Super, like we were talking about, that was a super, like, <laughs> super, that was a crazy, like, edgy movie, right? It wasn't your traditional superhero movie. It's R-rated and graphic and has rape in it and, like, all these different things. So it, what's weird about it is that, like, this is, it's no, yeah, like, they knew about, they knew about this guy. Um, so it's just interesting. And when I found that out, I posted it to our, to our, um, internal, internal thread we little, have with little each other. Facebook thread, little messenger, um, of the Ouroboros, which is just, if you know what that is, it's the snake eating its tail. Um, and we've talked a little bit about that, I think before too. So coupled with that, there's this thing with Scarlett Johansson, 
Um, and we'll just we'll sort of knock these out two birds with one stone here because we're approaching it in the same way. Scarlett Johansson had recently signed on to play this transgender role or whatever this mm-hmm. in this movie. I forget what the name of it name of it was, but um, she signed up to play in this transgender role and public backlash like no like we want a trans person playing in this role like it's not right and blah 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 blah. remember she's also the person that just recently played like in a japanese um uh ghost in the machine anime or yeah it's it's based on a it's based on an anime yeah um major something is the character but so you know she's already got this whitewash hollywood whitewash thing going with her because of her last movie or one of her last movies and so she signs up to play this trans role well the public you know there's an outcry no 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 that's this is bs blah blah, blah. well because of that she you know humbles herself and i appreciate the, the the criticism and i've decided to back out and um again it's just another example of that culture just turning on itself, eating each other, the Ouroboros. Um, and so we just wanted to talk about that, just the consequences of Cartesian dualism. And so before you officially tune out, Cartesian dualism. So I might botch this, so yeah, that's why you're here. Um, so Cartesian dualism. First of all, Cartesian is just like Latin for the philosopher Rene Descartes. Yeah, his, his name well, is Rene it's, Descartes. It's not Car- he's not Latin, but it's the Latin form of his name, Descartes, is what I read. Sure, Carti- Yeah, it's just Cartesian. It's like you know, it's based on him. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's his labeling and identifying what is dualism. So he proposed that there is a separation from mind. And body, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, Descartes is famous for that saying, I think, therefore I am. Um, or some variation of that. Maybe that exactly. Yeah, cogito um, ergo sum. So that's that's what we're talking about, dualism. But So consequences of Cartesian dualism as it relates to this current culture we're living in, and specifically like the Hollywood thing, right? Um, I just thought it was funny because, yeah, with the James Gunn thing, here you have a very very outspoken liberal person like is you know claims to be super progressive and all these different things and the second the second there's a, a whiff of him doing something that's anti that even if it's 10 years in the past and it's right. the person he used to be boom comes full circle on him and right. they 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 dismiss him they discard him he's outcast and so what specifically are, are are you finding interesting about it and the consequences of, of these well, things? Well, okay, so basically uh, the Cartesian dualism is is just the idea that, as Francis, as Francis Schaeffer describes it, that there is a lower story and an upper story. Mm-hmm. And on the lower story, we have our facts. There are things that are sort of universal in general. Think of it as a house. When you enter into this house, it's the place where everybody... Um, Everybody enters into, everybody sees everything that's there, everybody can establish that. And then you have the upper story, where people keep their private things, their personal things, and so on and so forth. Well, what has sort of happened in culture in general is this idea that there is no lower story and there's just the upper story. So there's no facts, there's no good moral values, 
There's no, there's nothing that is solid. There's only what's upstairs, what I value, what I feel, so on and so forth. And both James Gunn and Scarlett Johansson have been advocates for this. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, most of Hollywood is, mm-hmm. but um, right. they've been advocates for this idea of what I feel. But the problem is, is that if what I feel is different than what you feel, eventually, um, one is going to go back on the other. Where and and is it? It's like a every man for himself type of. Yeah, eventually. It's it's like there. Who is the ultimate decider of that? Once whoever has more power. Interesting. Yeah. So once, in this case, the public. The public. Yeah. Once once you get past the idea of social contract right Mm -hmm. so and and then okay so (laughs) social contract theory (laughs) is is a theory that was uh built by locks hobbs and rousseau um not the lost characters the actual people right the lost characters were named after Locke, hobbs and rousseau um but basically the idea is that we're all these so they, they there's a rejection of of sort of the of the Genesis story of God creating a unit of people together, the man and the woman together as a family. And then there is a new Genesis that is described where people are these autonomous beings that they are just, they start off separate from each other. And the only reason they come together is essentially to get what they need. Otherwise they would stay separate from each other. And so we are these free thinking, free floating individuals that only come together when we need something from the other person. So when you take this and you live this theory out, well, what these people need is self-affirmation. They don't need affirmation of the true things, the lower story. They need affirmation of the true things. That's right. Yeah. They need affirmation of the upper story. So that's how these people come into the and come into the light. Like Scarlett Johansson came into the light of the of the mass public as you know somebody who will fight for the cause of of these people who want this affirmation so all these people crowd around her Mm -hmm. but the problem is now that she's not giving them that affirmation that they want because she is following through with her artistry which is you know to play multiple roles Mm -hmm. regardless when she's being true to the idea of artistry that she can play whatever roles well they don't like that and so now they're going to turn on her and that's the same thing with James Gunn. Yeah, just. <clears throat> and what do you do? Like, where, where do you go from there? Like. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you either become. Like, what's what's safe? Like, where, where, where do you find your security in a in a society in a culture like that in a well, environment? Uh, it's like just that? cultural relevancy, right? I mean. You, you just have to be a you now allow your career spineless exactly a spineless puppet for whatever right. they want right well you well, what's the the word they've always used in media is sellout mm-hmm. right so yeah. you just become a sellout that's so sad yeah yeah <clears throat> you no longer have a voice your voice is the the one voice the great, <laughs> right the great voice of whatever it is at the time and like yeah it's always changing so right it could be one thing in 10 years it could be something else right who knows who knows and maybe and maybe in 10 years this whole thing with James Gunn will be viewed as silly because now there's something else or something who knows right <laughs> it's just crazy it's crazy how how far back 
how far back people <laughs> went to like dig this up on him and it's just yeah man like you're really you're really just better off not being a part of it not mm-hmm. being a part of not advocating it because you're then asking yourself to be judged by it right so that's the danger in it the moment you want to advocate for that as the the way to live or whatever is the moment you just damned yourself well of course and then you have the <laughs> biblical edict uh, like almost a prophecy really that says the way in which you judge mm-hmm. is how you will be judged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too bad. Too bad for James Gunn. I dug the guardians movies. I mean, it's a flash in the pan. He'll, you know, he'll, he'll probably bounce back from it. Probably. I mean, he probably won't do anything more Disney and it is, it is interesting to note that Disney owns ABC and ABC Roseanne. is who fired Roseanne. Yeah, Disney man, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it because Disney's putting on this. Well, Disney's this fakeness about them. Well, when we talk about who has the power in this case, <laughs> Disney is the is, is oh. the power, and in a lot of cases, you would say it's the state, right? The state has the power. Um, that's sort of yeah, but but in this case, we'll we'll call it Disney. Oh yeah, Disney prints their own money. Yeah, Dis- Disney is. They the like tre- literally print their own. They money. they are the treasury. <laughs> yeah, they have. I they think have Scrooge, fun, so. Scrooge McDuck, is the treasury. That's hilarious. I think he literally is the treasury in, in, in Disney on the money. <laughs> is he? I'm gonna look for that. That's I'll, funny. I'll post it. Um. Anyway, so yeah, be careful. Be careful how you judge and what you're what you're advocating for because it could be the end of you, so to speak. Well, it will be if you if yeah if you're advocating something you mm-hmm, yeah. if it's subjective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a false ground you're standing on. Yeah, it's sand. Very, very false. Yeah, weak. Um, all right, so next up, let me switch over here to the next window. We have the Millar, the Millar stuff. So, yeah, again, Mark Millar had a, had a Netflix agreement. A bunch of his, yeah, Netflix owns Millar World, so all of his properties, which if you know Mark Millar, like Kick-Ass, Kingsman, um, Old Man Logan was his famous one of his famous things in the Marvel world, um, but he has a move. I think it's being made into no, it's a TV it's a series. series. It's, it's a, a series. series. Yeah, it's a series. So on his comic American Jesus, which the long and short of it is American Jesus is about like this young kid who is Jesus reincarnated, basically discovering that he's Jesus reincarnated. Yeah, more or less. I mean, and also, the Antichrist uh, separately is also being like born. I don't know if you'd say reincarnated, but he's been born. I just posted a link. Side note: you have to click on it, but it will show a dollar bill from Disneyland, and on it you'll see the treasurer's signature, Scrooge McDuck. That's hilarious. Um, so yeah, so basically. Whenever there's anything like this <laughs> that pops up in the media, we should be ultra discerning. Um, like, I mean, there's a lot of shows like that, like Preacher, right? That's a yeah. show that you should be super discerning about. And I don't I never watched that Lucifer show, but it got canceled, and then I think it got picked up. Was that one of those deals? I don't. Did you ever watch it? No. Lucifer. Was it one of those deals where they like invert? Yes. You know, the bad guy is the good guy. Um, the bad guy is the anti-hero who's misunderstood. Ah, yes. That's the... The Maleficent conundrum. Um... Which, there's a Maleficent 2 coming out. Yeah, so, there's just a lot of questions about how they're gonna, what angle they're gonna take, how they're gonna do this. Um, 
our question for, for our purposes is, can you modernize the Jesus narrative? So, like, whatever socially or, or politically is going on right now, like, is is the Christ narrative going to be altered to, what, accommodate that? Right. Accommodate whatever's right. being pushed right now, whatever subjective thing is is out there right now? Is that what we're wondering? <coughs> so can you modernize the Jesus narrative? Yeah, can it be taken out of its context? <laughs> yeah. Real quick, I just think this is funny. There's an article that was posted in response to this in the Chicago Tribune, and it says, I just think the headline is hilarious. It says, a reincarnated American Jesus on Netflix, build an ark quickly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, this is bad news. Right. This is bad news. I want no part of this. (laughs) Um, And one of the things that the guy says, the, the, the writer says in this, or the journalist says in this is, how does the boy realize he's Jesus? Or does Netflix just skip over the whole trinity and go right to politics? This is funny, this scenario. Does he come home after a baseball game, his coach having yelled at him for making three costly errors, he's upset and kicks his glove, and his dad says, don't worry about it, but go get me a beer. And then he hands him water and turns it into wine. (laughs) It's a stupid, it's a stupid thing. Um, But yeah, can you modernize the Jesus narrative? So, meaning what exactly? Like, just what I said, like, can you, can it be changed? Well, can it fit into today's context? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say no. Short answer, (laughs) short answer, no. Yeah. There was a movie in 1993 called The Judas Project um, that tried to modernize the Jesus narrative also. I'm going to, I got to look that up. I should have looked it up before this, but, um, yeah. No, I mean, there's no way you could do it. It's, I think the problem comes with thinking that the Jesus narrative is a completely disconnected narrative from history. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's, it's just a story. It's, it's a story. It's themes, right? right? It's themes. Right. It's a story. And that's where you get into issues with trying to modernize it because it's not like Batman where you can take that story and you can sort of mess with it and put it into things. Batman never profoundly affected a society. Hmm. That's, you know, the Jesus narrative, again, talking about it as if it's not, you know, real. real. Yeah. Um, but let's let's go ahead and call it the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> the that's a, that's bold of us. <laughs> the gospel of that's Christ profoundly, profoundly affected history. We have many things, including modern science, modern medicine, modern education, uh, even like treatment of women. We have so many things because of the way that story. Uh, has affected society if i mean there were lots of other prophets to come there were lots of other prophets in history um not necessarily real prophets by my understanding but there are lots of people who claim to be prophets in history lots of stories about gods or even demigods so on and so forth but you know the story the stories about zeus and his offspring never revolutionized the world the stories about krishna and his offspring never revolutionized the world Mm -hmm. so on and so forth um yeah, there's just no like what setting would you put it in? Because any setting that you decide to put it in would have to be like if you had anything resembling a utopian society, 
um, which I think we resemble a utopian society when we're compared to, say, a middle-aged society or, or you know, an ancient Palestinian society. Like, I mean, go back to the Romans. Like, we resemble a utopia in comparison to the Romans. Totally. So, I mean, what what is the world going to look like if you try to modernize that story? I just, I don't know. It, they would have to borrow from Christianity before Christianity even existed. But I suppose, <clears throat> I suppose if they're trying to say that he was reincarnated, that he is the previous Jesus and then he's reincarnated. So they're not saying that Jesus be, never came. Yeah. To, to live out his same ministry or something. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I what are we talking that. about? Are we talking about a retelling of the of the Jesus story? Just in modern Or are we talking about the 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 apocalyptic literature about Jesus where he comes back to essentially um end end everything? If that's the case, then you have to ask about the reincarnation side of it. Mm-hmm. Cuz the reincarnation side of it doesn't work with with Christianity either. Like yeah. Jesus basic doesn't theology, right? The basic Christian theology. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus is not stuck in, in a, in a Dharmic in loop. loop. Yeah. Yeah. Where he trying to reach the Nirvana. Yeah. And the Jesus in the Bible, like he ascended into heaven and the apocalyptic literature says that he will descend onto the earth to bring about, you know, the end of all things. So no, that's right off the bat. The concept of a reincarnated Jesus doesn't work. Yeah. Um, yeah, and what's what's his background? We were talking about a little bit earlier. Malar, he's Catholic or Catholic. something? Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if he's got Catholic resentment and anger built into that. Well, every Catholic does, from what I understand. <laughs> Catholic, yeah. So, so there's that. My laptop just crashed, so that's fun. <clears throat> um, yeah, off the top of my head what we're at next he's a practicing catholic yeah yeah let's see um yeah there's a whole article here i'll post an article on beliefnet.com where they actually interviewed him let's see he says the thing is that you can see um I was reading The Dark Knight Returns, Batman Year One, the whole realistic superhero thing was so exciting to me that I found I wanted to do it in real life Okay, Catholic, Catholic. I feel a little bit offended when I see how Catholicism or Christianity is portrayed in the media. Interesting. So he's in defense of? (laughs) And so I try and address that a little in my work. I don't try and ram it down people's throats or anything. I think that's kind of weird in and of itself, but in a very relaxed way. For example, Captain America and the Ultimates. I had a scene where he was in church praying. And Captain America is probably a Protestant, so I had him in an Episcopalian church in the United States. I was just very subtly a throw a lot of this stuff into my stories. I quite like going against what everyone else is doing, blah, blah, blah. So, so that's reassuring. Okay, here we go. The story of Jesus really is, without sounding too crass, kind of like a superhero story. A lot of comics mythology is drawn from the Old and New Testament, Superman very overtly. Even the idea of Superman's rocket being fired off from Krypton is very similar to the Moses story. Totally. So I think there's a definite relationship between comic books and Christianity, superheroes and Christianity, and there always will be the altruistic idea of a guy going out and trying to help other people and not caring about self. That appeals to both Christians and superhero fans. Of course, that's not really what the gospel is about. It's not about an altruistic guy going out and trying to take care of people. Right. Um, you know, it's about people who 
wronged God and who have fallen short of, of who they were made to be. And it's a rescue mission. It's not people who are at a zero in terms of they haven't done anything wrong. And then this guy comes around and tries to make them better. It's these people have joined in a rebellion and are going to suffer eternal torment because they chose the wrong side. And Jesus goes on a rescue mission to get them out, which in my mind is actually kind of a cooler movie. Yeah, it's a little that's a little reassuring, I guess. I mean, still have that sheet ready. Still have your, you know, your your discerning lenses on, but I mean, he's not blatantly like a apostate or something. Right. So, it'll be interesting. <coughs> I'm interested. I like some of his other stuff. It's enough to keep me interested in what that is, plus the fact that, you know, it's something Regarding apparently a reincarnated Jesus. So. Yeah, well, I guess we'll get back to you. We'll we'll, yeah. we'll have to watch that. I don't I don't know when it's supposed to come out, but um, maybe we can do a um, a culture insanity viewing of it or something. Wait, what do you? Oh yeah, weird. Yeah, just <laughs> throwing that out there. A special fathom event. <laughs> <laughs> I almost made Josh spit his water out on my computer. A fathom event where we. We'd probably get in massive trouble for that, like the distributing of whatever. <laughs> no, we could do a reaction, you know, like a reaction those, video. Yeah, a reaction video. Yeah, yeah. It would just be us just sort of taking it in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'd be a really boring reaction yeah, video. Yeah, it really would. <laughs> All right, we'll hit one of these songs and then we'll do our break and then we'll come back. So, Iggy Azalea. We'll do that one first. Okay. So Iggy Azalea um, is back. She was on a hiatus or something. <laughs> yes, she's back. I think you have to be here to to be back. But. Yeah. Um, so he, her new song, her new single or whatever out is called Savior. Um, let's see. I'll just see if I can play a, a little bit of it real real quick here. Not too much, though. Catchy. I like the what the, the organ. It's the synth. synthesizer synth in the, back. the background. I'm like, it's yeah. very like uh, retro yeah. sounding, you know. Totally. Uh, anyways, ironically, our issues with the song called Savior are not as much with the lyrics because they're kind of basic yeah, and not incredibly totally. deep. <laughs> um, so our issue is not so much with the lyrics, but with the video. So if you seen the music video again i can't show it to you we'd probably get sued um yeah, i posted the link and we don't have nearly enough resources to handle a lawsuit by <laughs> in our humble podcast but yeah the whole music video is like a black mass like a satanic marriage right well the imagery in it uh, definitely has that yeah so the whole the whole music video has Christian imagery and there's you know some co some controversy and some speculation that she's marrying um, perhaps Satan himself. Um, so our our basic question um, is should 
should they? Is that what we're going at? Should artists be aware of, or are artists aware, are artists aware of dual messages between maybe their music and their videos? Because if you're just listening to the song on the radio, like, yeah, she throws a she throws a, a name drop of God and then she throws a name drop of like Lucifer tugging on her in a negative way perhaps mm-hmm. and she's looking for a savior and looking for a way out and you know blah 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 but nothing incredibly deep but then you have like the the symbols and imagery in, in the video as we said um, and that just sort of painted a deeper <laughs> a deeper picture or a different different message altogether sometimes right um so yeah, are artists aware of that, and should they be? Initial thoughts for you as the artist? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, of course. Or as an adult, like right. basic responsibility? Well, I mean, there's just some things. I mean, let's just sort of talk about Iggy's video just really quickly. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's. it's mostly set in a church. Mm-hmm. All. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's and there's a baptism that takes place. Um there is a wedding ceremony that takes place where she marries marries herself. A ghost? Well, it's a like a robe and she unner she unrobes this And then there's nothing in it. And then it evaporates. Right. A character in black, she like walks down the aisle to But yeah, and the and flaming bouquet, she transitions from white like virginal, you know, imagery right. on a mm-hmm. bed to She's walking down the aisle in a black dress, flaming roses. Right. There's like angels surrounding her or something. There's, yeah, there might be lit crosses, like crosses that are not ne- lit, like sorry, neon, but neon crosses. Neon crosses, neon halos. Which is sort of like the sin, you know, like think about like uh, yeah, Sin that. City. Yeah. yeah. The use of neon. There was a yeah. movie, there's an interesting article I read, side note, that movie that came out last year called Neon Demon. Oh, yeah. It's like the I was obs- interested the in The obsession it. with. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, and the yeah. the use of neon is is worth noting. But yeah, so there's all this imagery. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I jacked it from you. No, 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 it's fine. I mean, there there's just a lot. There's a lot in that video, and I mm-hmm. just think you have to ask yourself like, any more with the sort of multi-platform presentation of things, um, you have to ask yourself like, what is intended, you know? Like, what is the artist intending? And is it just them? Is it? Is it? Are they thinking about how they're being portrayed? Um, you know, videos and stuff. I mean, yeah, there's like storyboards and so on and so forth. But usually, videos and things like that aren't shot linearly. They're not. Oh, she shot. also does the thing at the end. Yep, she does the the tri- like, triangle. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like praying hands, but it's specifically. Yeah, her her hand position is like depicting the pyramid or whatever yeah but yeah so so but anymore we have this like multifaceted presentation that takes place where we have the song itself mm-hmm. and then we have oftentimes a word video ah yes and then after Literally. that we have a video video mm-hmm. um and it's like do we have to take into account the full package of the song yeah when 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 consuming these different things now right like i think about talking about Ouroboros, um, Taylor Swift's... It's almost like, yeah, it's like sinister, right? Like, oh, if I'm just hearing this song on the radio, like, it's easily digestible, but it's like, 
that's how it gets in. You right, know? That's right, how it gets right. Into your into your brain and into your under your skin. Anyways, right. Think about the Ouroboros. Yeah. Well, I think about the Ouroboros. Uh, well, you mentioned the Ouroboros earlier. I was thinking about Taylor Swift's "Look yeah. What You Made Me Do," mm-hmm. um, which is which the Ouroboros is prominently featured in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand it's like, especially if she's talking about like people uh, like the paparazzi and stuff like that. Like yeah, they're eating themselves. coming after her and labeling her and all this stuff. But there's a lot of imagery in the lyric mm-hmm. video for that. I've never seen it. Yeah, the lyric video, like just, it takes another, it has another feel to it that feels a lot more sinister. The other one's a lot more, the, the video video is a lot more happy or whatever. Not happy, but like more, it's like, it's more meta. It's like, she's talking about different versions of herself and, Mm. and so on and so forth and what she's allowed to happen in her career and how these things have happened. But the other video, um, sort of takes certain lyrics to another level and you, you kind of think of them differently and they're, it's like, what is really meant by these things? And does the artist actually control that? Yeah. Yeah. Is that their, their idea for this, this work they're working on? Like, I'll release this as part of it and then just as part of it. It's like right. this multi-layered thing. Yeah. Anyway, I mean we, we can only speculate. So sure. but what I but what I did was I posted an article from Vigilant Citizen that does a pretty good convincing breakdown of um, stuff with screen grabs so you guys can look at it. And I will also see if I can find a link find that link to the um, lyric video. One of the one of the things that it was pointing out <clears throat> breaking down her video and just, you know, imagery and whatever is like over the years, <laughs> like several female artists, um, in, right. in their careers, they like have this moment, this, 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 this switch or whatever, like, like in this music video, right. She's like being portrayed as this like pure virginal character and in, then, in the beginning, yeah. In the beginning, and then there's a switch. Like, and then like Britney Spears had like a similar video. Um, probably, I mean Taylor Swift had a similar video. Like Christina Aguilera had a similar video. Like, it's where constant. they become sexualized. Yeah, and like, like they fully, they go dark. They just go like full dark or fully something. quote unquote mature. Yeah, and they go from being like pure to and wholesome to like tainted. It's that moment that Tom Hanks switched over from big to. To cast away. That is the second time I've heard the big, a big reference there, which is really I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. Or probably Philadelphia. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's really interesting. Like female artists. Um, well, and the imagery that's oftentimes used when they go over to that is a hypersexual, yeah, um, deviant. Like it's it's like shown as a deviance. Yeah. Although I don't know that Iggy Azalea was ever presented as pristine. Anything other than that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't personally think so, but that's a personal whatever. Um, yeah, I guess that'll segue good into our next one. But yeah, there's just read read that article that Josh posted and and watch watch the video and listen to the song and see how yeah th- see for yourself and you know feel free to to comment and talk about it like yeah and maybe just take note of it yeah. Maybe it is a phenomenon that's that's happening more and more nowadays, a complete package and well, messaging. especially you know if you're somebody who has kids or sure. you are, it's like what is being said here because it's like that 
you know, like a kid hears it on the radio. I know my daughter, Sophia, she's like all about Taylor Swift. And like, it's like YouTube is readily available. And then if she wants to pull something up on YouTube that she's been listening to on Spotify, it's like. Does she have experience using YouTube? Like, does she no. know what it is? N- she like this magical bank of things that she can. No, tap into. she doesn't. She ne- like if she no, she still thinks of me as the magical bank of things <laughs> to, to tap into. <laughs> it's like play this. I might as well be called Alexa. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, yeah, like you said, especially with with kids. I mean, and that's catchy. It's got that catchy hook or whatever, mm-hmm. the synth. But yeah, watch the video. Let's uh let's break for for our little um spiel here our little deal. <clears throat> Time to play the game. Yes, it is. Time to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so me and Josh are gonna square off again. We're gonna take it back on you. Um, our defending champ, John Parker, um is unavailable to defend his title tonight. So since he's on a hiatus, uh, we'll just call it that uh, me and Josh are, are just going to gonna take over the trivia. And since Comic-Con is the the it thing right now, the happening thing right now, we're sort of going to use that as our kind of kind of theme for the, for the trivia game tonight. So what me and Josh decided amongst ourselves was that our trivia tonight has to be related to trailers released at Comic-Con. And so if you're a person that is even kind of up to date, um, yeah, there were some big trailers that were dropped just today, as a matter of fact. Yes, there were. Some huge ones, some exciting stuff. So that is what our trivia will be centered around. So, uh, Josh, I will go first. Okay. We have, what, like four piece here? Three, four piece? Yeah, I've got four. All right, perfect. This three-headed dragon is Godzilla's arch nemesis. And you see him in the trailer. Yeah. Or it. You don't know the name. Were you ever a big Godzilla fan? No, I was never a huge Godzilla fan. Um, and I'll know that the moment the name comes up. I mean, it's a Hydra of sorts, but yeah. um, it's not. No, that's not right. Okay. I don't know it. All right. It's King Ghidorah. <coughs> I knew that. Ghidorah. Yep, However you I knew it. I knew it. Japanese pronounce, pronounce the name. Three-headed dragon you see it at the end of the trailer, and it's all in this epic <laughs> cloud of smoke or something. Right, right. And uh, Godzilla's going to square off, and my speculation is that King Kong will come in and save the day. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. your turn. Okay. So the Godzilla trailer dropped today. Watch it. It's right, awesome. right. The Godzilla trailer dropped. It's got... Uh, Millie Bobby Brown in it. Yeah, 11. Yep. And uh, Ice Cube's son. (laughs) Okay. What was Billy Batson's alter ego? What was the original name of Billy Batson's alter ego? And that is is a reference to the Shazam trailer, which just dropped today, which is amazing. The wizard Shazam? His alter ego? Billy Batson. So what was Billy Batson's alter ego's original name? So his original name wasn't Shazam, is what you're saying. I don't know. Red, red, red Shazam. There's multiple <laughs> Shazams in the DC, isn't there? Well, there's or there's multiple power, people who've yeah. been given power, power by the by, wizard Shazam. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, I don't know. All right. DC's not my, not my cup. 
It's a sad sound. It's actually Captain Marvel. Ah, duh. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that's a weird one because it's both. Right. Both that's what I thought show. you might know that yeah. one. So. Yeah, I did subconsciously. This character. This is Josh's next question. This character will be portrayed once again by another actor once again in the Wizarding world. Uh, Dumbledore. Yep, Dumbledore. Good job, Albus Dumbledore. This time being portrayed by Jude Law, the Jude Law. Oh, he looks good. All right. Who else debuted in more fun comics alongside Aquaman? Which, by the way, the Aquaman trailer dropped as well. Who else debuted? So what other DC character debuted? If it helps, it's issue number 37. Of fun comics. More fun comics. More fun comics. And Aquaman and... Man, it's probably like an obscure character. It's not obscure. Not obscure? It's like a big character? Well, yes. Um... Is it a water-related character? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. I don't know. More fun comics. Martian Manhunter. Actually, it's the Green Arrow. Really? They appeared in the same... The same comic book, yeah. Strange. Yeah. That's cool. Um, Dennis, Barry, Kevin, Orwell, Hedwig, Jade, and Patricia are all characters from this trilogy. I don't know the name of the trilo- trilogy. The Night Trilogy, the M. Night Shyamalan Trilogy, a the Unbreakable for- Trilogy. It was a badly the- formatted question because I don't know the name of the trilogy either. <laughs> but you got it. They were from Split, but yeah, the trilogy. Good job. The Glass Trilogy. The glass trilogy. I don't know yeah. what it's called. So, seriously, on this one, check out the Glass trailer on, on oh, YouTube. Oh, yeah. Check out the Glass and trailer. And if you haven't checked out um, Split, Unbreakable or Split, Definitely check those two movies out. You guys, so Unbreakable, you really have to watch. Split is it was like a it was like a pleasant surprise. It was the, the return of M Night Shyamalan, is what it was. Yeah, it really was. This it return really was. from the wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> All right, go. I didn't hold on. I didn't see. Is he writing directing Glass? Yeah, I think so. It's his whole thing. Yeah, I know it's that's his. his whole He's been thing working too. on it for twenty years. That's his whole thing. Like he completely does all that stuff. Like he creates the characters. The I know, but lately he's been working on other people's stuff. Oh, like Airbender and and AE and AE. Yeah, the Will Smith vehicle. After Earth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. My turn. Yeah, you're okay. winning with two. This director was in the first movie of this franchise. This director acted in the first movie of this franchise. I'm looking for the franchise or I'm looking for the director? Uh, You're looking for both. What? Well, this director, (laughs) this director acted in the first movie of of the franchise. Of the franchise. Okay. This director acted in the first movie. Gareth Edwards. Nope. He was in the first movie. He was in Godzilla. He was a helicopter guy. No, dude, because Godzilla, that was like forever ago. All right. That was like the 1960s. Uh, it's Shane Black. 
He was in he was the first Predator? Yeah, he like played nineteen eighty. He played a character named Hawkins in the first Predator. That's awesome. And that's when he started his directing. Was they they brought him in there to like help work on the script and no directing way. and stuff that like is that. Good trivia. Yeah. Jasmine Pierzino is calling me. Answer it. Our direct T- our director is on the phone. Tell her we're on the air. Can you plug her into the plug? <laughs> Here we go. Oh, there's that Facebook sound. Jasmine. It's like sonar. It's creepy. It's eerie. This mm-hmm. is just before something big happens. I don't know. I don't know what she wants. <clears throat> she said, sorry, that was an accident. Yeah. What? Okay. Um, that's really cool trivia, though. Shane Black was in the first one, and he, he wasn't just in it as an actor. He was there because he was actually helping do something. He was there because he was helping do something. He wasn't in it because he was a good actor. He was just, you know... That's like how like a lot of the like office like the cast of the office ended up on yeah, the office because totally. they were just helping out. That's yeah. good trivia. Yeah, that's good trivia. Uh, all right. On that note, what is a predator's main objective? Hmm. To dominate the universe. Not exactly. To trophy hunt other species for sport. Nah. All right. I'll give it to you. I don't know if I agree, but I'll give it to you. Okay. Your last one for me. All right. I need to get one. Here we go. By the way, I'd, I'd like to point out my own shame and anytime me and Josh ever get triggered on my own podcast, I get worked over. Here we go. <laughs> so... Why is the beast from Split the beast. Okay, yeah. named what his real name is? Why is he named what his real name is? What He has several names. No, no. He has like one like license, like driver's license name. Yeah, he's got a bunch of alter egos. Oh, like in the movie his driver's license is shown? Well, yeah, his his name. He's got a he's got a legal name and then he's got these alternate identities. Alternate personalities, sorry. Does it have anything to do with Shyamalan? No. What is it? What's his real name on his license? So his real name is Kevin Crum. Kevin Crum, okay. Just like David Dunn. It's the alliteration of comic books. Kevin Crum, David Dunn. Who's David Dunn? What? Who's David Dunn? That's Bruce Willis's character. Oh, in Unbreakable? Yeah. I didn't know that. It's the... Uh, Shyamalan wanted his characters to reflect... To, they, he wanted to allude to it being in a comic book because if you recall in Unbreakable, you didn't realize it was in a comic book until the end when Glass like reveals... Like, Dude, it's been so long since I saw Unbreakable. Oh, I don't remember so his good. Name, David Dunn. I know it's good, and I was stoked for the post... Spoiler. Yeah. The post-credit of Split, but... Yeah, stick around for the post-credit of Split. You, yeah. you got you, when the credits roll, you have to keep watching it. It's a moment where you're like, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> seriously, like jaw drop. <laughs> I, I did. I did. I yeah. jaw dropped it. And then and I then went your straight wife, to your YouTube. Wife goes, Why are you doing that? And then yeah. you have to like lean over. Right. And then you got to explain. Cause embarrassing moment with my embarrassing wife. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's the alliteration, you know, Clark Kent and, 
and uh, Wally Luther. West and Lex Luthor and Lois yeah. Lane and, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. Totes. Good. My favorite was the Shane Black one. That's good trivia. Yes. Good job to Josh again. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, good. good work. Good work. All right. Moving on to the next song. Um, so we had alluded to it at the end of talking about Iggy Azalea, but... Are you replugged in? I'm replugged in. Okay, cool. Yes, I am. So Iggy Azalea's new song is called God is a Woman. God is a Woman. <laughs> so here we go just a little bit. You, love you, you love She's hula hooping the galaxy. When all is said and done, you believe God is a woman. And I, I would have dropped the beat earlier. Yeah, yeah. She's letting it go on too long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. She's If she just does that, she'd be more successful as an artist. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, refocus. Ariana Grande's God is a Woman. Um, yeah, there's a lot... There's a lot in here as far as imagery and stuff also. Yep. But um, our question, just to make it brief, is sexuality linked to divinity? And this will play into our next and last topic too. But So yeah, her video is hypersexual, you know, um, just talking about female artists again and that. But yeah, hypersexual and basically saying that yeah, there's like a line in it. There's like, once you do this with, once you experience me, you'll think that I'm this. You'll think that God is a woman. Yeah, yeah. you'll think that God is a woman. So is sexuality linked to divinity? Well, what does scripture have to say? No. <laughs> it says it. There's a question in it, and it says it. Um, no, but... No. Sexuality is not linked to divinity in the sense. I feel like we covered this a little bit on a cross X yeah. few months ago. Yeah. Uh, here, I'm shameless, just. Shameless I'm, plug. I'm posting uh, a link to a breakdown of the videos. Just give me just a second yeah, here. Yeah, you should watch the video. It's interesting. Cool. All right, link posted. And I put the video on, online too. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, sexuality is, is not linked to divinity in the sense that your sexuality is what makes you divine. Um, or that, yeah, or any of those things. Um, yeah. So the answer is no, that's, that's a long, short of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, my only, my only thing with these things nowadays is this, I just get so, oops, sorry. I just get so like stumped because things are just so blatant nowadays. Right. And it's just like. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> well, so here we so like, for, I, I don't accept that. So for me what so for me what I have here is again a reference to the what we call fact value split or the Cartesian dualism or whatever, but it's applied to the body um now instead of applied to um uh like a social agenda. And now mm-hmm. it's now it's applied to the body. And so we have this removal of sexuality from the from from uh, 
We want to remove Ariana Grande wants to remove the shackles of sexuality, right? That's her mission. She wants to let go of it and just be sexually free and all this sort of stuff. So basically she's beckoning Pete Davidson. Let's all be honest (laughs) to, to have sex with her. Uh, You know, they're engaged. That's crazy. Sure did. It's an odd couple. Pete Davidson. Props to him, I guess. <laughs> yeah, anyway, whatever. I, want, whatever I really, that. I really want to post a picture of Pete Davidson's ugly mug too. And it's not just Ariana Grande Pete though, right? Like Davidson, she's smiling. singing the song, but that's 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 what's being pushed forward in general right now, right? Like sexuality is not defined by guy girl, like right, right? It's it sexuality is much bigger than that or something. Well, okay, so. Sorry, I just really need to post a picture of Pete Davidson. Like a dumb, like kind of a stupor. He's look. just yeah, he's <laughs> sort of clueless. Just click on the link and you'll. He's just. He's got a great face for comedy. He's he's happy for it. Anyway, but um. Kind of want to see it. <laughs> but but Pete Davidson. Oh, sorry, it wasn't about Pete Davidson. Sorry, uh, but. What she's saying is like, you know, be sexual, be free, and like you do all these things and you'll have this spiritual experience Experience, and we can be unshackled from the the physical world. So the more we engage in the physical, the less we – and the more free we become with the physical, so we we lose our inhibitions essentially – the more you will see this like nirvana, this truth about mm-hmm. about who God is. Now, what's but, interesting about that, of yeah. course, is that there's a there's an inversion, right? The only way that she can talk about that is to say that you'll see that God is a woman. In other words, you will see that I, because I'm the God in this situation, you have sex with me, and then you experience me as God, am a physical being with a physical teleology like i am a woman so it's really interesting because in the one vein she's She's saying that i'm physically that i need to be physically free because there's no physical boundaries there's no physical teleology about what my sex is or anything like that and then her way of describing it is to borrow from from a a non-dualistic worldview and and basically like reduce God down to a female. Insert I, I don't know if that's insert tail into mouth. Right. So it, right. So it comes full circle and it, it's right. just, it's like a, a paradox. Yeah. Occurs. Well, yeah. it's just, it's, it's super short sighted and ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And the imagery is super ridiculous. It it's so over the top. Yeah. And then like it ends with the, it ends with the creation narrative where yeah, it, she's in, Eve. Yeah. Creating Eve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. the, 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 where she as God is creating the yeah. Sistine Chapel, the Michelangelo painting, like the, right. f- the fingers touching God and Adam, but it's Eve. Replaced. Right. Is it Eve or is it God that's replaced? I'll have to look at it. Um, no, it's because Adam in the in the painting is on the left, right? No. And God with the angels around him, like reaching out. That's well, God. In let the, me take a in look. The painting. Ariana You've Grande. been there, man. I know I have. <laughs> and let me just say while I pull it up that looking at it in a picture doesn't even begin to touch what it means to look at it. Um, it's one of those things. Yeah, it's, like, it's so 3D. It's crazy when you like look up at it. It looks creepy. 3D. Like there's things coming out of the scene. Yeah, it's really crazy looking. Um, 
God is a... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's whatever. And on that note, too, like, uh, Madonna is, is, has, a, has a voice cameo in this, in this song, and she quotes not the Sam Jackson Pulp Fiction line, but the scripture of, from Ezekiel, and I will strike down upon thee with furious vengeance. Mm-hmm, she replaces mm-hmm. the word brothers with sisters. So if, if you're listening to that, you, you can look forward to catching that. Um, did you find it? I found the video, but not a screenshot of it. <clears throat> but yeah, for like I was saying, for me anymore, it's just these these messages, these songs, these movies, these shows, these anything are just anymore. They're just so blatantly anti. It's both. She is both God, and she is creating Eve. It's both. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's pretty pretty ridiculous. Yeah. And then she throws a hammer through the glass ceiling. It's like they did they took all of these things, all of these references to say that we have broken the shackles of our womanhood. Right. Only to turn around and say Go womanhood. That, yeah, only <laughs> turn around and say go womanhood. There's no such thing as womanhood, only sexuality. No, God is a woman, not a man. I wonder ridiculous. Yeah, I just wonder where she's at because like feminists are like super championing this song. Oh yeah, obviously. of course. And I wonder if she's just I wonder if there's a part of her that's like yes, but no like we're missing the bigger picture. Right. It's like, well you did it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I honestly, I just think that she probably just went with whatever. Like people are just like, oh you could do this here and do this here and so wouldn't it be cool if you then broke it. you broke the glass ceiling and then you were the one who was creating Eve. Or you were creating Adam. Oh wait, you should be creating Eve. And this could symbolize a vagina and Pain. you know, like yeah. I'm sure that it was something like that where it's like they're just throwing everything at the wall they could to make it stick. But yeah. at the end of the day, the song defeats itself <laughs> by affirming gender enough to switch gender. Like if, if do you, and I don't know if you guys understand what I'm saying because it is it's a hyper philosophical concept that clearly none of those people understood. <laughs> but if you don't believe in the validity of gender because you're so all about unshackling yourself from the body <laughs> and that sexuality is all about feeling and has nothing to do with Everything the lower all about story, feeling, 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 feelings are no good. Then what is the point in you switching the gender of God? To woman. Yeah, what's the point of your song? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Feelings. I'm tired of every... That's a super red flag all the time. Yeah. I just... I know it's this, but it's just how I feel. I know I know this. I know That's this. That's the problem, is I know this, but this is how I, I feel. I know it's unbiblical, but you know... I know it's wrong, but I just feel so strongly. Fuck, that's dangerous. That is very dangerous. Don't be betrayed by your stupid feelings. It's very dangerous. You heard it here. Feelings are stupid. It's... <laughs> we don't have them here. We're stoic to the max. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's super arbitrary. Yeah. Uh, the needle's always moving with that feeling BS. Um, all right. We're going to end it with uh, this this other trailer. Not, not released in Sorry. Premature uh, playing trailer. Later. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Just listen to the first few seconds. I want you to do well. I want you to have a great life. I love you. But we cannot see a way that you can live under this roof if you're going to fundamentally go against the grain of our beliefs. All right. 
So that's Russell Crowe talking. The indelible Russell Crowe. <laughs> indelible. So this movie is called Boy Erased. There's a trailer that came out earlier this week about a boy who's gay, you know, feels has feelings for men. There's those damn feelings again. Has feelings for men, and his parents are um, Christians, uh, and they send him to one of these one of these camps, conversion camps. The movie's based on like a an actual guy and his experience. Um, and the friggin' the trailer came out and like, you know, Twitter blew up and it was like a viral thing and people are calling it a beautiful thing and it, you know, Oscar this, Oscar that, and this is exactly what, what society... The world needs. This is exactly what we need to help tell our tale. Love, help, sweet love. Love, sweet love. Um, and you know, this, <coughs> this beautiful sounding song is playing in the trailer and all this stuff, but... Yeah, and this will tie back to what we were talking about earlier, but do we find our identity in our sexuality? And, man, everything, everything, I'm just thinking out loud no, it's now. true. Everything now is just so subjective. I want to find my identity in this or that. I want my sexuality means this or that, and I feel this or that. Everything is completely arbitrary and subjective nowadays there is no presuppositional truth anymore right josh oh there is presuppositional truth but nobody yeah realizes it sure 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 sure. yeah um wow our video is going crazy right now wi-fi yeah well like we keep losing our uh keep losing our feed here Hmm. anyway so yeah this this trailer comes out and you know that community is championing it, you know, using it as a torch. But our question is, do we find our identity in our sexuality? Again, short answer, no. No. <laughs> no. No, another, of course not. Another blatant rejection of something that's being put forth. Well, again, what you have is this concept of, you know, the Cartesian dualism. Yep. This concept that um, our bodies are disconnected from our feelings and mm-hmm. and even though our bodies have again a teleological yeah, biological design so teleological here means that our bodies have a purpose for instance yep. there's a reason cre- why it is a penis goes into a vagina that's right there's a reason why it is that the woman has a receiving hole in her body that is capable of when a penis is inserted and then releases semen, it is capable of then making a baby. But in our society, we have come to the point where we view the making of the baby as an invasive, an invasive non-contractual tenant that has come into a woman's body and therefore we should be allowed to kill it when we want to. Yeah. And it's, and it's it's simple science nowadays. You don't have to do this or that. It's simple science that can do those those things. Right. We have come to the point where we reject the idea that our bodies are designed for a purpose, and that purpose includes how we should have sex. And we have you know said that our identity is founded in the upper story, our feelings, rather than the lower story, which is the facts there's a biological fact a teleological fact that everybody 
that nobody uh, can scientifically disagree with about how we are are um, positioned, essentially. Like, we have to have sex. We just do. As, as, a, as, as uh, an organism, we have to have sex in order to procreate. Yeah, and we were talking about it earlier. Another, another aspect of this is people, both sides, right, both, both sides of the argument are focusing on, on the wrong thing, right? They're focusing on the feelings. Um, yeah. So, like, this kid, he feels this way, right? So right. he, you know, wants to explore what that means. Uh, and then he gets sent to these, sorry, he gets sent to these conversion camps, which are jacked up. Yeah, and, conversion and, camps aren't appropriate. In what they're, what they're doing. Um, but they're focusing on the wrong thing also. They're focused on the idea that this kid shouldn't have these feelings anymore. And so they feelings use are methods arbitrary. of shame and physical right. and emotional abuse. Right, right, right. Let's, let's be honest. Feelings are arbitrary. Like, you put, you put a, you can put a person in front of something long enough and they can be conditioned. Mm -hmm. This is a thing. We understand this to be a thing. It's called a soldier. (laughs) (laughs) Right? A person who doesn't want to kill, for instance, and is afraid of killing, you put a gun in their hand and you train them long enough and they will become comfortable with it. And they may even become more comfortable on the battlefield than they were at home. Hmm. And there's a, there is a biological switching that happens because of that. I was even, I was just looking into the word for it. I believe it is called epigenic, no epigenetics. Um, so there's a developmental switch that happens because of that, a psychology or, uh, and, and that epigenetic can be passed even down like hereditarily. Oh, so, so yeah, anyway, but it doesn't change that. Uh, it doesn't change the biological factor. So whether this person, whether this kid has these feelings or not is not the issue. The issue is, is that this kid defines his personhood in the, in the upper story rather than the lower story. That's the issue. And, and it doesn't help that unfortunately these supposed Christians, and I guess this is, this is a true story or whatever. Mm -hmm. It doesn't help that these Christians also do the same thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Really, it doesn't matter how we feel. It doesn't. And, and, in, and in every every other like facet of our life, we will say that. Like, it doesn't matter how you feel. You want to eat 25 cheeseburgers, and that's what you're predisposed toward. That's your appetite. Mm-hmm. In every other facet of our life, we would say no, that that's, that's, that's not okay. That's yeah. wrong. <laughs> right, that that's not okay. Even if it was something that was good for you, we would say that, you know, we would still say that it was wrong uh, to base your identity around it. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to bring it back to that because, yeah, we're saying he's betraying, right, His how right. he was made. But how he was made and that function of how he was made and that's just a small part of it, a small right. part of who we are. But, yeah, we don't we don't find our ultimate our ultimate meaning and identity in the fact that boy or girl or whatever you claim to be. Right. It's, it's, it's uh, what we have here is a question of personhood and where we define personhood. And as Christians, we understand our personhood to be centered upon how God created us to be. And that sounds perhaps ridiculous, but at the end of the day, it is much more affirming to, to the physical body 
it is much more affirming to the relationships that we have. It's much more affirming to everything um, that is positive or pure to say that we need to do these things because God designed us to do these things. And that's where our identity should be. Everything, we have a much more solid base to stand on. And, you know, a good example of this would be in in the field of abortion. Like, in the field of abortion... They say that it's a woman's right to choose um, whether she wants, you know, that life to be taking taking over her body. Well, the thing is, is nobody really argues anymore that that uh, that the child is alive. Mm-hmm. What they argue is whether the child is a person, because there's a certain point where we have to define whether the person is a person or not. <laughs> Excuse me. We have to define whether the person is a person or not versus a biological being. Yeah, and that's so jacked up. So let me ask, and let me ask at what point you decide that a person becomes a person. Is yeah. there is there a qualifiable yeah. or Again, even subjective? Right. Is there a quantifiable way to do this? No, there's not. Yep. But in scripture, <clears throat> there is a quantifiable way to do this, and a scientist will tell you that that person is alive. That that is life. So if a scientist will tell you that and scripture tells you that, then who is the person who's operating on an arbitrary standard? Is it the Christian who says that this is quantifiably and qualifiably alive? Or is it the, the atheist who says, or the feminist or whatever, who says, well, it may be alive, but it's not a person. That is so... That is some BS to excuse an horrendous act, and it's it's so dis like I get angry, like I get like physically angry that someone would think that that's an just a, an okay thing to try and justify something that is absolutely wrong. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like once we have decided to get rid of the lower story, all we can do is operate in the upper story. All we can do is operate in our feelings. And because feelings are arbitrary, then whatever has the most power is what decides that. What was that thing? <clears throat> so that means that the mothers, for instance, who have more power over the infants, yep. Yep. they will, you know, if their if their mindset isn't in, in the right spot, then, then those kids die. What was that thing you had us watch years ago? It might have been like a how then shall we live. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, you were really bothered by it. Oh, I was like angry. Yeah, it was a Francis Schaeffer documentary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just yeah, it's, it's called How Then Shall We Live. <clears throat> but yeah. You, I was, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I, I was going to ask you if whenever you see like, so in that trailer, like, you know, it's Nicole Kidman and Russell Crowe. Right. And they're the dumb Christians that need to be enlightened. Right. And hopefully their son enlightens them. Right. Does a little part of you ever die when you see, like, actors that you respect as actors playing something that is so, like, just against what you believe to be true? No, I pretty much can, uh, I pretty much expect that all actors are... Sellouts. Sellouts. <laughs> yeah. And then I, have the, then I have the opposite thing. Like when I read an article about Chris Pratt. Oh, totally. You're like, that's awesome. Yeah. That, I didn't know you that, were one of us. That gives you hope. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's totally true, though. Yeah. Yeah, like 
I mean, I never knew. I don't know anything about Russell Crowe, but then I like that, and I'm like, man, he's the dumb Christian in the movie. Yeah, and that means that if he is a Christian in real life, he's a dumb Christian. Yep. yep. So, yeah. So on that note, Russell Crowe's a dumb Christian. We'll see you next time. But I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, but that's a, that's that's all we have for tonight. On a serious note, um, yeah. If you're interested in our topics, Josh has posted several different things on on the on the video here. So um, thank you in advance to anyone that picks this up, and I hope you take something from this. Um, if you're interested in reaching out to us, you can reach out. Um, to us at culture insanity on facebook and twitter um if you have things you're interested in topics questions clarifiers we've had a couple of those in the past feel free to reach out um and yeah with that said look forward to a week from tomorrow at 7 p.m the next uh cross-examination panel discussion which is on the church hosted at aletheia bible fellowship in portland oregon 7 p.m so if you have any questions Anything regarding and relating to the church. Like, why we go to church? Why is it important to go to church? Do you need to go to church every Mm -hmm. Sunday? What is the church? Why does the church have its own separate leadership? And should it? Blah, blah, blah. Should we give our money to the church? What do they do with our money? Uh, You know, all, uh, you know. Should I listen to what the church tells me to do? Yeah. Whatever. Josh just farmed like... Hope you're listening, Jasmine. Josh just, far- <laughs> <laughs> just farmed like nine questions. But yeah, anything you have in, in relation to the church. It's a very general, mm-hmm. general topic, and so that leaves a lot of room for your questions. So look forward to that again next, next week. Not tomorrow, the week from tomorrow, 7 p.m. at Alethe Bible Fellowship, the next cross-examination on the church. And anything else you'd like to add? Uh, I don't think so. Catch us in two weeks at at 8 p.m. for episode number 18. Uh, With that said, have a good night. Bye-bye. The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. Mm